Welcome to Native Notion, a gaming podcast that isn't afraid to talk anything and everything. Here's your host, Klamath. Yo, 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 what's good? Was really good. I appreciate you guys hanging out with me today. Today is actually Thursday, March 16th. However, this episode is going to be coming out over the weekend, so likely to be March 18th. So there's more stuff that's going to be going on during the time from when I record this until this is actually released. Not an issue, though. Uh, Today, we're going to be discussing the events that is associated with the latest episode that I put out. If uh, If you didn't happen to listen to that, go ahead and give that a listen. It's, a, it's describing the time that I had while I was in the United Kingdom, specifically surrounding my time within London. Um, in that episode, I did discuss the idea of taking a small trip within the trip I was taking in of itself. Um, I went from London to Edinburgh, and um, while I was there, I experienced a ton. An absolute ton. Uh, Enough so that I wanted to dedicate essentially what is an entire episode to just my 48 hours while I was in Scottsdale. Excuse me, Scottsdale. Scotland. (laughs) It's it's early. (laughs) Um... So yeah, it, 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 was, it was an awesome experience. It was one that I wanted to share with everybody. It's one that I hope that uh, brings enough light to what it is I experience and uh, draws a picture to be able to inspire other people to try to experience the same thing. Um, so uh, getting to that point, uh, I flew out of Seattle on Thursday afternoon. This was the 2nd. Of March and then it's a nine to ten hour flight direct from Seattle to London um, so by the time I arrived it was Friday about 7 a.m. time frame um, I had originally planned on this is recapping I had originally planned on going out to watch um, Tottenham Hotspur go and play against Wolves uh, but the circumstances that were described in the last episode didn't allow it, uh, but I'm kind of glad it didn't because it set me up to be able to travel on Sunday the 5th. Uh, that's where, I, prior to getting to that point, um, I, I had purchased round-trip train tickets and a hotel to be able to go and travel into Scotland and to experience it. Um, Prior to going there, I have uh, I have a friend of mine that um, that grew up in London uh, has a lot of experience in Scotland. Um, he actually suggested that I spend more time in Glasgow, uh, which I didn't get. Uh, I didn't I didn't have enough time. Part of it, uh, but the other the other part of that is figuring out the transportation to and from. I was kind of focused on getting into one location at that point, and um, and and that's essentially all that I did. I I would, having gone there and spoken to some locals and and gotten their opinions, gotten their opinions on the whole, uh, the whole experience in of itself. Um, I would change things. I'm glad I did things the way that I did do them, only because I didn't want to overload myself with the necessary um, trying to make it here, trying to make it there, meeting deadlines, you know, all of those things. So this was an opportunity for me to, a, get to where I'm going, take my the train that I ended up taking up there, get there and just spend 48 hours there before I take the train back. Um, I, I kind of lost concept of time when I was there too, which is I don't think is a bad thing. Uh, I I didn't uh, I didn't go out. I didn't stay out. I should say terribly late or anything like that. Though I certainly could have. There was I didn't have any responsibility outside of trying to make sure that I got back to where I was staying. Um, but I wanted to kind of uh, like figure out what it is that the culture was and the people and what it is that they enjoy and the things that, you know, the things that you're not going to find on searching on Google or 
or TripAdvisor, whatever it is you may be with, you know, the, the insider knowledge that is associated with this. So uh, after I arrived in London, got to uh, get my sleep schedule back on track. And then I left at 10 a.m., if I remember correctly, 10 a.m. on uh, Sunday. This was, uh, so. Uh, well, really, that's 10 a.m. from where uh, I caught the... Uh, caught the train going directly to Edinburgh. Um, to get there from where I was, because I stayed kind of like on the southeast side of town, um, I actually had to catch a couple of other trains, which is not abnormal. That's not an abnormal thing for anybody to be able to do or to uh, to accomplish in that sense. So I, I got up uh, and I was, uh, I got up kind of early that day, I think eh, 7, 7.30. I mean, I say kind of early. Um, but uh, got up, got ready for the day, went out, had breakfast, and then to be sure that I gave myself enough time, I think I caught the overhead ground, or overhead, whew, I'm, I'm not all there right now. <laughs> uh, the overground train uh, from where I was staying and transitioned to, um, to a tube line to be able to get over to where I caught the train itself um for for reference reasons that was i don't know 20 25 minutes worth of train in tube rides it wasn't terribly long or anything like that uh, but i was my first time doing this i was like well i'm certainly not going to be in a position where i don't get to the, where i'm supposed to be so i'd rather give myself extra time to be able to do that um the experience of itself uh, this is my first time really doing this, right? Uh, the experience in of itself was, um, I don't, it, it was, it was different. It was, it was a bit eye-opening. Uh, so first off, the first thing that ended up happening, um, they're having purchased these tickets. I'm coordinating with the group of people that I am talking to, the ones I, I referenced before about trying to figure out what it is I can use, how I can get what I need to get. So in this case, I'm like, well, how do I get my tickets? I pre-purchased tickets. How do I, you know, how do I do this? As it turns out, basically you take the email that was sent to you. There's a code that's inside of it. You walk up to a kiosk, you type in your last name and your code number that's associated with it. And it prints out the ticket that's going to be. Um, the, the different part of this, if you will, uh, was it printed out the ticket for all of my train rides, not just my train rides going to Scotland, but also my train rides coming back. And that's all of the connections to be able to do that as well. Uh, with, within that point, I got, uh, it also printed a receipt. So I had four tickets, which was one for London Underground, and then one for uh, the the service that I was using to go up to uh, Scotland, which was Lumo, and then one for Lumo, and then one for the Underground service on the way back. But it, but it also printed receipts with all of this, so that so I had eight pieces of paper, <laughs> tickets, what look like tickets, and I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So <laughs> I'm like. Uh, just like an overload, uh, almost a sensory overload, but just an overload of like, what am I doing now? The tickets, they say what it is. If, having looked back, I'm like, wow, that was actually really easy. Had I known exactly what I was doing, this would not have been an issue at all. But given it was my first time doing it, it was nothing but a problem for me. <laughs> um, so I, I, uh, I ended up gathering all of this, I figure out like, okay, so these are receipts and it says on it, right? So I don't really need these, but I need these. I'm just not sure which one it is. I know what train station that I'm at. I don't know how it applies or, or anything of that nature. So I ended up, um, I, I ended up asking one of the employees that was standing there. Um, and the employee that The, the employee that I talked to said, and I quote this, um, I'm not sure I'm not the person that you should be talking to. 
And I said, oh, what? Huh? She, she ended up letting me know that uh, she was the, the rubbish person. And um, as it turns out, um, she had no idea. It, it is what it is. Anyway, um, so <laughs> um, I I ended up uh, I I ended up like asking this question. And I'm sorry. I'm just trying to articulate exactly how this went. I ended up asking this question of like, I how can you help me? <laughs> You can imagine uh, I'm an American. Obviously, I don't I don't know what it is I'm doing or or how this is happening or anything like that. And I'm just looking for a little bit of help. I'm told prior to this point, if you ask one of the employees, then they'll be able to help you figure out what it is you need to go, which would be really useful, especially right now. Um, however, the person that I happen to talk to has no idea what it is that I'm talking to or, or, or talking about and doesn't know the process, which, uh, okay, so how can you help me? And she says, well, usually you would talk to the person that's behind this glass window right here, but I don't know where that employee is at. Um, so I guess you can talk to the train operator that's standing outside, and she just kind of points outside. And I was like, the train operator? Uh, and I kind of look around, and I'm like, uh all right, thank you, you know, and, and I'm not trying to be rude or anything like that. I'm legitimately in need of help and they're doing their best to help me in this scenario. And I'm like, all right, uh, okay, let's do this. <laughs> you know? Like, Okay, all right. Um, I walk outside and I look and there's a handful of people that are standing there and I've got my tickets in my hand and I'm just kind of like looking at people. And I'm like, I'm gonna ask this person standing here and it's a young lady who uh, she has a backpack on you know dressed for um, not so great weather kind of situation and uh, I walk up to her and I'm some, I said I'm sorry uh, I I'm new to the area I'm trying to figure this out and I'm told that you're a train operator I'm hoping you can help me and she goes um sure she is unsure about what it is that I'm providing and I can understand in that situation and I said I'm trying to figure out if this is the ticket that I need to be able to get to where I'm going. And I explained the situation to her and she kind of looks at it and she goes, you know, I'm a, I'm in, I'm a train operator, but I don't really know. And I'm like, no way, <laughs> I'm like, no way. This can't be happening right now. I, I don't, ah, uh, uh, she goes, I think that's right. You know, about, and I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Um, let's do this. Thank you. I appreciate your time. And I take my ticket and I end up scanning, they, they have um, a turnstile that you can go through and you can put your ticket in. I end up scanning the ticket that is the wrong ticket. And it tells you, like, you know, it's a green light or it's a red light and the gate's open. And I'm like, oh, that's the wrong one. I look at it and I'm like, oh, yeah, I actually scanned the wrong one. It was actually like my Lumo ticket instead of uh, my underground ticket. So I scan, I scan the underground one. Boom. Pops right back open. Gate's open off I go. Well, then there's a sign that's, there's signs that are right there that help you figure out where you're going. Um, and I have to figure out, okay, where do I take this train from here? And where do I go? Fortunately, there's a, there was an app called city mapper. That's really good about, um, being able to, uh, coordinate your transport within the city of London. It doesn't work outside of London at all. So if you ever go into London city mapper, it's similar to Google maps, uh, except it gives you like, exact times for trains that are operating and exact lines and directions that they are going and the end point that's associated with them yada 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 anyway so i'm coordinating between the city mapper app where this says and it's like okay i need to go northbound all right so i go into northbound end up getting on the train i i you know it is its own deal that's associated with the next location trying to figure out where I'm going you're supposed to scan I said it before right you have to scan when you change trains at different locations I don't know where this is I'm told like hey just follow all the people that are that are scanning nobody's scanning anywhere I'm like ah <laughs> so <laughs> I end up transferring over to the tube get on the tube take the tube over to uh, the train station um, I'm at the train station where 
Um, it, it, this is the King's Cross uh, slash St. Uh, Pancras train station. And this is where a lot of the international trains end up taking off. And it's a busy location. And mind you, it's the first time that I've ever experienced something like this. I'm not sure what to expect. So I walk in, I find the location where I'm supposed to be going to. I specifically go to the platform that I'm supposed to go to. It is 9.30ish at this point. My train's not leaving until like just after 10 kind of room i find it there's no train there but at least now i know where i am all right Whew. what a journey for somebody who has never done this before this might have been the easiest bit of travel that anybody could have done and and it's <laughs> it's such an event for me <laughs> uh, i'm doing it all alone mind you um but to be honest it ended up working out really well and it's quite the experience and it's something that <clears throat> if i ever travel again which i hope to and i take my family with me at least now i know what i'm doing i'm not perfect at it by any stretch of the imagination that is not what i'm saying what i am saying is uh like 100 at least i could guide myself through or within the town of london and be able to guide them with me so that's a big bonus part of this is that so i go into this location and in the movies i had always seen like these big you know um inter-country train stations where they have the flip boards that are constantly changing and giving you times and where they're going and stuff like that that wasn't this exact situation but it was kind of that they had digital boards located in king's cross uh, all across to all the different locations that trains that are in this location go to uh and uh the times wh what their stops were that are associated with this was quite I, it was fantastic to be honest it, it, it was like nothing i had ever experienced before um so i was like oh this is really cool there's shops here there's i mean there's people everywhere i mean everywhere if you thought that maintaining space during covid was an issue i couldn't imagine trying to do that during this period uh during the period of uh like public transportation within the uk there are people everywhere enough room that i can take my one small bag that i have with me and backpack and, and move fairly freely but not enough that i could you know like find a space to go hang out you just kind of like stood in the middle of the way <laughs> Um, I hear that based off of my experience at King's Cross, I hear that St. Uh, Pancras, excuse me if I'm saying this wrong. Okay. I have, I, I naturally do not know the way that everything is pronounced. Uh, so please don't mind the fact that I am saying it wrong. Uh, if I am, if I'm saying it right. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, anyway, um, I hear the St. Pancras station is just like it dwarfs the King's Cross station. I don't know how true that is. I never went over to the St. Pancras station, but I could just imagine just how big it is. That's at St. Pancras. That's where you catch the trains that go over to uh, Paris. So there's quite a bit of, of travel that happens in this location. It's not to mention where they connect to other, other locations within the UK. Um, so while I'm there, I figure like, okay, well, let me figure out what's happening, what's in the area. I well, I figured like, hey, I got a half hour. I might as well go to the pub and, and have a drink. I ended up not being able to find the pub, even though there were signs for it. I just couldn't find the entrance to this location. I walked to where I thought was the entrance. It actually was the toilets. So I, I don't, uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, they had the Harry Potter store in this location, which is like a... All right, uh, I'm, I'm a Harry Potter fan, but not that big of a fan. There was a big ass line for this location. People were dying to get into this place. I have no idea. I didn't look inside. I took a picture of the outside said, yeah, here you go. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, uh, that is what it is. Um, anyway, mo fast forward uh, to the train arriving. Again, I'm taking the Lumo train. That is one of multiple trains that do this trip from london up into scotland and um as it my experience on lumo i did some research on on other 
um, other trains that went up there. There are pros and cons to each of them. Turns out Lumo is more comfortable, which is, to me, was an odd thing because the, the seats that we were in weren't really that comfortable. There was one, one uh, outlet for both the chairs that we're in. Our, some of our locations or, or chairs didn't have trays on them, so if you had food or you wanted to put something on them, um, that's unfortunate. I did not have that happen to me, so I had a table that was uh, was available to me. I used my tablet while I was on there. So anyway, um, I ended up sitting next to a gentleman uh, that rode to Newcastle initially, and then another one that caught the train at Newcastle going into Edinburgh. Um. Anyway, so the countryside, as you're going along this way, um, the the countryside, it, that's the exact reason why I did this. I said, hey, I am interested in taking the train only because I want to figure out uh, what it's like to be in these other portions of the country. London is a big city. But it's a big city amongst big cities. You know what I'm saying? It is concrete, asphalt, cobblestone, steel, glass you know the the full nine cities of cities um so i was like oh i wonder what it's like to be outside of that and these uh these trains end up taking you basically all the way uh, it, it's not all that close um but like we went up into nottingham on the way up and then sheffield um and then ended up stopping in newcastle and then from newcastle there were no stops all the way up into edinburgh uh, the the views were incredible. Um, so one thing that I noticed, and this is not abnormal whatsoever, one thing that I noticed getting outside of London, you start to see more space for houses. One of the things that I noticed in London, and this is you know, the way that it was built, and it's culturally different, but there um, every like every house, unless you're on the the end of a block, shares two walls just the way i mean that's how you fit all these people into these locations it may be like three stories or something like that so there's plenty of room within these locations but they share two walls you get outside of the city and you start to see like farmland and it doesn't take very long to find that um you get maybe maybe an hour hour and a half time frame before you start getting into the actual farmland there's a ton of farmland ton 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 of farmland um along the way I specifically remember looking for things like, you know, are there any things that stand out to me along the trip? Or is there anything like, a, um, there was the, um, gosh, what is the name of it? Um, um, oh my God, it's, is that it? Uh, Hadri Hadrian's Wall? Yeah, I think that's it. That That is... Or, or close to it yeah maybe uh, gosh i don't know it, there was a one of my coworkers in it and for the life of me is um it's skipping me the actual what he said but it's, it's supposed to be just like the brick wall that is the border um anyway so i'm looking for things like that um mostly it is just i mean you see these uh these stone walls that are built and they're maybe you know five six stones tall they're not very tall they're they're built such to establish property lines maybe keep the livestock from just wandering beyond those points and stuff like that um but it's fairly traditional in the sense of hey here's all of the uh here here's all of the the things that you're going to find in the country and that was true up until we got beyond um once, once we got past newcastle once we got past Newcastle, then the train ended up takes in, taking a line that is pretty close to the coastline, so you can see the um, you can see the North Sea at that point, which was cool to see, right? Where you are in relation to it. I mean, we're not like a stone's throw away. In some cases, we're we're fairly close, a uh, a few hundred feet kind of situation, but you get to see like the edge of uh, the the edge of the land, the island. As you're taking the train right up there um and you get to see the open water and whatnot that was really cool to see and then um you end up turning and then uh you you head 
directly into Edinburgh. And Edinburgh is it's not a huge city. Um, it is big enough that you start to see, I mean, you know when you get into town. Um, so we get in we get into town and I'm starting to look at things like um what what is what are things that I should be paying attention to? What are things that I don't know? Or what are things that I that I haven't experienced before that I would like to experience? And I'm looking at buildings, and I'm looking at roads, and I'm looking at uh, you know like statues and and all these different things. Like what are things that I can find that I want to go see that are his that there's history behind this kind of thing? You got to remember, I'm from a country that was established 225, 230 you know years ago. Uh, I guess it's almost 250 years ago. Um, so getting into the history of things that are beyond this point are are uh, it's pretty high on my list of desirables like i want to see things that have been around for these long time it's quite fascinating to see buildings that were built in the 1000 ad you know the uh, 1200 ad 1500 ad all these you know all these deals where you're just like, oh, this thing has been here for so long, and look at the detail that went into it. Um, the the thought process that was there ne that was necessary to make this happen. It, it's a lot of it is not not wonders and stuff like that, but it, it speaks to just how advanced uh, the, these these people were during their time period. How smart the people that were in charge of building this were to be able to make these buildings withstand. All of the conditions that are outside and the conditions that are inside and, and stand the test of time it is that that's the kind of thing that i'm looking for um i end up going into um the the train station that is uh right by uh, what is called the um the, the royal mile it's edinburgh waverly uh it is it ends up being I don't know, quarter to a half mile kind of situation from where my hotel is. So I have a short walk from this location. Um, where where I get off here, it, like anywhere, and I look like probably the dumbest person in the world. I'm just trying to figure out what way is what and where I need to go. Um, it, it is quite the... <laughs> I end up standing out in a lot of situations, especially when I first get there. But... I immediately noticed once I come off the train these incredibly old buildings and this incredible architecture that goes along with it all these different things that you can find and see there the the streets themselves are asphalt the uh, the walkways are kind of like a brick um, but the buildings are all stone and they have you know certain peaks and and just the the initial design that's associated with them where um you're like listen this is architecture that is not around anymore not because people can't do it but this was it's not the style to do this kind of stuff anymore so i'm fascinated by what it is that i'm what the heck um i'm sorry i'm clicking around on google maps to to uh accurately describe what it is i'm looking at um uh it, it is it is incredibly different from everything that i know to this point it is i don't know it's almost shocking it's not shocking but it's almost shocking just how much different this is compared to everything else that i've experienced at this point it uh it is I don't want, I, I can't, I'm not trying to paint it as, as a thing where, um, you will never find this anywhere else, but for my first experience in Europe, I'm just in awe at all of the things. And you could look around, there's a bunch of landscape that's in the area with, with castles that are sticking out and, um, it, towers and spires and naturally there's going to be cranes and things of that nature that's in the area there's clock towers and all this stuff so i'm just trying to i'm kind of like absorbing it all in as i'm walking along um mind you i am uh i am the you know like i don't know probably at this point only person that's doing this 
I'm, it would be naive of me to say something like that. But I am, as I'm walking along, I'm, I'm just looking. I'm not necessarily paying attention to where I'm walking. So I certainly stand out at that point. Okay, so we get to the point of like where the, the Royal Mile is at. And this is like where all the shopping is. It's the tourist area. That's where most of the pubs are. And I say most of them. Um, that's where I know the most of the pubs as being. Um, it, it, it is, it's, it's one thing that if you do some research about the area, that people end up saying like, hey, you should go see this. It's an experience for yourself. There's not, uh, nobody really talked it up. They just said the Royal Mall is really fun. Royal Mile, excuse me, really fun, worth going and visiting and stuff like that. It, so my expectations weren't really high for it, but I was kind of figuring out, you know, what is it? And I'm looking for like, okay, where can I go? Uh, what One of the things that's happening at this point, because it's a five and a half hour, five to five and a half hour train ride. I'm like, where can I go get food? So I'm looking specifically for like, restaurants or pubs and stuff like that and that's and i'm and i'm paying attention to all that kind of stuff um there is a uh there is a place that i end up deciding on that's right around the corner from where i am um and i'm like okay well i'm gonna come back to that uh one of the first things that i saw when i was walking along was a local church um it is the Canongate kirk uh it's a presbyterian church um, and I guess it's a burial place for Emirate Scots, but very, very unique, uh, very unique design. Ended up taking a picture of it because I was like, wow, that's really cool looking. I've never seen anything like this. So, uh, end up, I, I walked down to my hotel. I mean, I mean, you can just imagine that I'm absorbing all of this all at the same time. Um, and I'm in, in shock and well, really not shock, but awe of all of the beautiful things that I'm seeing. My directions have me turning on a street that um, for the first time that I've ever been in a town that does this doesn't have a, a name. It actually does have a name and it's actually labeled as such. But I don't this is not what I'm used to. Uh, <laughs> to me, when I turn when I end up turning, it's actually like an alleyway. That's that's what they tell you to turn down. But it has a name and it's the the label plate for the street is up up on the building i don't know 15 feet high i'm not looking any more than like just above eye level so kind of lost at this point <laughs> fortunately google maps is kind of kind of directing me and i can figure it out from there I end up figuring out like hey you can you cannot be dumb and and actually like see this kind of stuff <laughs> if you pay attention uh, <laughs> Anyway, so it's a kind of a cool walkway to in between all the buildings. There's some cobblestone. There's some there's some large brick that's associated with it. Um, ended up staying at the um, the Hollywood uh, Holly or McDonald Hollywood Hotel. Uh, really beautiful hotel. The room was fantastic looking, and um, it I I couldn't give it higher marks except for the fact that. Like in my room, which I was on the second floor, I didn't have Wi-Fi. If I stepped out into the hallway, I had Wi-Fi, but I went into my room, I didn't have Wi-Fi and I couldn't figure it out. I obviously talked to the staff and they were like, oh, we'll reset the routers and everything like that. It just ended up seeing, being like a, a scenario where um, the, the hotel wasn't set up for uh, like a proper mesh network kind of situation. I provided that input. I will fully admit I am not an IT expert. I'm not trying to tell anybody how to do their job. I'm just making a suggestion for how they could improve. Um, but other than that, it like it's a beautiful hotel. They have lots of uh, lots of amenities. There's a spa, day spa that's associated with it. Um, there's a workout room. Obviously, there's a there's a restaurant that I went and ate at one time. Had the full English breakfast. Um, Pretty expensive though I wouldn't I think if I went back and and I stayed there I would not have the English breakfast there um but the the spread was pretty good all the juices that they offered anyway so I was in a I after I checked in I was in a not a rush but I'm like hey I'm hungry I want to go get food went back out into town and um went to that place that uh the place that I had found the um the pub that I went to it was actually, uh, they had decent prices. I had hard to complain about it. Uh, There's certainly nothing that 
I, I had complaints about their service or anything like that. I walked in with the idea that I would get some food um, with, with the, also with the idea that I may not, I may not be able to, I don't know what the customs are. I had been told like, yeah, mostly people don't go to the pub to get food. So I'm, I'm keeping that in mind. Uh, but I figure I'm going to have a drink. So I walk in. It's a place called the Tollbooth Tavern. Uh, I walk in there. Real, real old looking location. Lots of history. Wood everywhere. Um, pictures on the wall from old times. And, and uh, I figure like, hey, I'm going to sit down. Sit down at the bar. And have a drink. Feel it out and maybe get some food. Um, I sit down. They immediately serve me. Which was... Awesome. Uh, great service. Can't say enough about the staff that's there. Uh, I end up sitting next to these two uh, middle-aged women, older women. Not not old by any means, but certainly older than me. Uh, and they're kind of, they're just talking amongst each other. And I recognize, like, based off of things that they're saying, like, oh, they're, they're American. Got it. Uh, okay. I, I get it. I, when it comes from uh, an American saying like, oh yeah, I can tell that you're American. You can kind of get the idea of what I'm saying. Um, shortly after I got my beer, uh, another person walked in the door. Mind you, there's not a ton of people in this location, but another person walked in the door. She is a, she looks about the same age as the women that I was sitting next to and she comes in and that's where it began. Just straight like drama. Uh, and, and I'm not kidding you. She was pissed that her friend didn't uh they they didn't stay with her and she couldn't answer her phone um she couldn't one girl couldn't call the other one one woman couldn't call the other one uh it just i was like bro i'm like looking at my my mug and i'm like eh, i still got quite a bit left in here <laughs> i'm like oh man this is ridiculous um so <laughs> there's just it's hard to explain just how not fun these th this group of women made this experience. Um, the best way that I can describe it is as I'm drinking it, one of the bartenders that's back there, there are three of them behind this bar, and there's not enough room for like four people in there, right? So they're kind of doing their thing around each other. One of the bartenders that's in there asks him what he can get, a, uh, get them, and and... You know, she, this woman that walked in started more or less bitching and complaining about the situation that had happened. And he said, but you're here now and you can have a beer and everything will be okay. Is that fine? And I'm not kidding you. And he says it in a Scottish accent, but he says it like that. And I was like, all right, well, we're just going to go ahead and take this drink. Not that I don't want to be around the, uh, the staff that's there, but these women are really dragging the vibe down. Uh, <laughs> drink is I drink what I can uh, well really I finished my I finished my beer I drink my drink and then I'm like alright well thank you I appreciate it I was going to have another but I can't stand these people and the, the waitress that was serving me uh, she leans over and she goes good luck <laughs> and I, I just completely understood oh man it's so good so i end up I, i'm gonna try a couple different locations i end up going to a different a couple different places trying to trying a few different things i'm gonna uh, i grab some food along the way i stop at a pub and this is my first opportunity where um i have a uh gosh i have the the chance to really experience what is local um and mind you, I'm I'm looking. I'm specifically looking for places that are like, hey, can I try this? Which I can't find there. You know, like that's that's my that's my goal. And um, anyway, get in there. They have whiskey, whiskey galore. Which which in Scotland they didn't call whiskey. They sorry, they don't call it scotch. They call it whiskey. And there's as much as you can think of. And I noticed one of them that said like, Hey, it's the staff's choice. Here's an option. And I was like, Oh, waitress is serving me. And I said, I want to try the, the staff's choice. She brings it out. She gives me this, this full list of, um, of these three different deals that I'm having. Um, 
it was really good. It was the experience was better than the actual liquor, but the liquor was really good. So that's just to to give you an idea. Her talking me through each of them and uh, explaining what each of them are supposed to do, what they have, and, and all all of this stuff that's associated with it really made the experience better for me. Um, mostly because uh, the like I don't, I don't drink scotch. I'm not a huge whiskey guy. I like a good bourbon, but um, that's it's not really my forte. Um, so I had a uh, a Craig and Moore, uh, which was uh, the distiller's edition, and she told me that the only reason that they had that Craig and Moore was because the owner of the pub knew the distiller at Craig and Moore, so they were able to get uh, get that for him. Or for the pub. Um, then I had a Glen Morangi 10, the original, and um, a distillery called Jura, and it was uh, it was a 10 year. Both the uh, uh, Glen Morangi and the Jura were both 10 year. And as it turns out, talking with uh, with a bud, he's like, never do less than 18. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I don't know this stuff. I don't drink this. <laughs> Uh, but um, of of these that I had, the Jura was um, the Jura was probably my least favorite of them. Um, not that it was bad, mind you. Not that it was bad, but um, it was my least favorite. The Glen Morangi uh, was actually the the best that I had of the three. It was real smooth. It had a lot of fr uh, like fruit uh, notes that were associated with it. A little bit of um, like a wood hickory hint. The smell of it was decent. So anyway, they were they were really good. Glad I got to experience it. That experience right there uh, overcame the bad experience that I had at the previous pub. It it, it was enough of an issue that I was like, okay, <laughs> I got to find something that makes this better. That's basically what I was telling myself. <laughs> So, um, I ended up leaving that location and heading out to find what else was there. I had a goal. I was like, Hey, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to go and, uh, try these different locations and see what else they offer, you know? Um, and if they offer something good, then Love it. If they don't offer something good, well, then I got to experience it. That's kind of the that's the uh, thought process that I'm taking into this. Um, I went and found a uh, a pub, and I'm looking for the name of it. I don't remember the name of it, mind you. I sat in this location for four hours. That's not a joke. I I didn't I didn't not enjoy myself. <laughs> Uh, it is the, uh, that is the, like, uh, gosh, the experience that I was looking for when I showed up, right? Um, it, uh, gosh, I'm going to play, I'm, I'm going to, I'm looking for the name of it. Uh, the Waverly Bar. That's what it was. Excuse me. I don't know why I didn't remember that. Um, it's the Waverly, uh, the Waverly Bar right on Mile Hill um the the location inside of it is pretty small it's got an upstairs uh but the, there's got the bar itself uh which is a horseshoe and then two doors that lead into walkways that open into this area this is big enough to maybe fit i don't know 50 60 people inside with chairs you're maybe looking at like 30 or so um, I come in, I walk in, and I the first thing I notice is right in front of me, there's a group of older people, not not completely older, anything like that, but older people that are sitting in the corner, and they have instruments, and they're playing songs. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Turns out they are, uh, they are just regulars at the pub, and they come in, uh, you know, a couple times a week, and they get together, and they... Uh, they play music for the people that are inside. Now, mind you, I don't know if they are playing music for everybody else or if they're playing music for themselves, but either way, I'm inside and I'm enjoying this. So here's going to be, uh, after I sat down 
and um, had had a, a beer in my hand and got to listen to it. I took a video of that, and I'm going to provide that for you now. Yeah, as you can hear there, uh, the the banjo stands out the most in that uh, bit of sequence, but they have uh, two banjos, a guitar, there's a flute, there's a woman that I was sitting, end up sitting next to who was using spoons in her hands to make music. Gosh, it was one hell of an experience. Uh, maybe like an hour, hour and a half into it, I end up buying, um, for the musicians, I end up buying them around which they were very appreciative of. They actually came over to me afterwards, thanked me for obviously doing that, um, but then like actually wanted to sit and talk with me and find out about me, which was cool. Um, as it turns out, I don't know, um, I don't know if this is a normal thing, but they're all very welcoming. Um, I sat on the outside of it. The lady that was playing the spoons, I actually got to talk to her quite a bit, and she approached me a few different times to ask me about where I was from and and things of that nature uh, but like i said i spent like four hours in there i left once the once the musicians left for the evening i had quite a bit to drink that's as close as i got to being drunk um fortunately i i was aware enough that i knew where i was and how to get back yeah it was incredible love my time there and actually set the um it set the tone for the next basically 36 hours worth of time frame that i was there um the next day came around and my goal i'm gonna have some i'm gonna try some new pubs try some uh try some beers that i haven't had before but i also have a um in, in a, a time frame set up to go to the edinburgh castle and um i'm like well i got it i think it was like 10 a.m or i don't think it was 9 a.m but 10 a.m anyway that's where i had like the the breakfast at the the hotel uh, but got up and, and walked down there. It is a like a mile and a quarter, I think, uh, distance walk. But it was good. There was I get to see there's areas that are um, that are blocked off that are pedestrian only, and there are churches and old cobblestone all throughout the road, uh, old buildings everywhere. Just certainly picturesque um, locations. And if you follow me on any of my social platforms, I think Instagram is the one that I put all of these on. You can go see what it is that I'm talking about. Just incredible timing for that for that kind of things. It is, you know, nine a nine thirty a.m. or whatever. Um, so a little bit colder, but there's nobody really. Uh, not to say that there's nobody, but it's not really busy or anything like that. So I have time to be able to just stroll and uh, and kind of take it all in. I end up uh, there's a. There's a location that's right outside the castle that is the uh, the whiskey experience that I was going to do, but I ended up not doing. Maybe for the best, um, considering I'm not really a, a scotch person. So, but anyway, there's there's places that you can go and do that. That one happened to be like a, a you go into this location where they distill, and you get to see their whole setup and what their process is like, and then they give you a um, a uh basically a taster of one of their drinks and you get a mug with it well i didn't really i mean i should have done it more or less for the mug but not for not for the other stuff anyway going to the castle um i go into the castle and this has uh gosh i don't know more history than i have ever experienced if you will um it is it is beautiful in this location, like truly beautiful in this location. The architecture that's associated with it, a lot of the cobblestone that's on the, the walkways, you can tell it's not meant for cars and things of that nature. The views that are out on the city, they're straight picturesque. You get to look over the entire landscape of the city. Um, uh, the, the designs, the points of emphasis that they put on these they give you like a map and everything like that i ended up not following the map 
um it it was i took it all in i ended up walking in at 10 o'clock and i left at three i think so i took five hours to no 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 i left at i left at one excuse me uh 130 um so three hours to be able to uh kind of explore everything and see what it has um they had a jail given this was a location where like people lived and they operated out of they had a jail that was in there um and i found one that was uh basically they had a history of one of the soldiers that was found to be drunk while on duty and as such he got punished for it he was thrown into jail for uh four four months well two months of jail and then two months of hard labor I was like, goodness gracious, that is, you think about the punishments for the things that we do today, and that is incredible to think about. Uh, <laughs> but um, you get to kind of experience all of it. There is a, uh, there was a small building that was there that ended up being Queen Mary's worship location. Uh, and it was built, they believe, in the 11th century. So if you think that is sometime between 1000 and 1100 AD, just, I mean, it's, it's big enough for a few people, you know, uh, 10, 15 people to stand in there if, if it was packed and everything. But this was a private location for Queen Mary to be able to go in and do her worship over a thousand years ago. Super, super crazy to think about that. The the, um, the the designs that were in the bricks, the shape that which everything was put in, the the painted glass. I mean, it's been updated because it has electricity inside of this building, which obviously wouldn't have been the case. But they had, you know, back in that time period, they would have had uh, torches to light it up and things of that nature. Um, there is, I go into a building that has uh, like the town hall or, or the meeting location where they hold they host um, different meetings. And as, as I understand, that is still the case. They still host uh, like important parliament meetings in this location. I don't I, I don't know how true that is and I don't know how often that happens, but the structure that is the um, the roof line in this location is incredible. Uh, the woodwork that was necessary to build all of this is just nutty how cool it was. And they have signs that say if you look up and you look closely, you can see the etchings of the king and the queen into the wood. I could not find those. I also didn't ask for help, but I, I couldn't find them myself. Uh, but uh, that's it's just, it is beautiful. They have have weapons from all different eras they have armor from different time periods that that are kept in this location at one point um it was no longer a meeting location like a town hall meeting or or where they hosted special events but it was actually like a barracks uh but that was in i think that was like between like 12 and 1300 time period anyway just a just a beautiful beautiful place to be um then at one o'clock on every day except for Sundays and specific holidays like Christmas and, and one other one. They have a tradition, and it's not only a tradition that happens here at the Edinburgh Castle, but it happens all throughout the world. It was for uh, world navigation, and um, that that was something that I wanted to experience. I When I walked in, I was like, dang, I'm not going to be able to experience that because I had seen, I had read about it. Um, I'm not going to be able to experience it, but um, turns out I was there long enough for it to go off. And they have uh, this this massive, massive cannon, uh, 20, 20 millimeters, I think it is, um, of of this cannon. Anyway, doesn't the size of it doesn't matter. Um, go off, goes off at one o'clock, and. Um, I, I started doing research into it. It turns out like the navigational portion that's associated with this because it is a port city and it had an important part for sailors from around the world. They would do this prior to them shooting off the gun was a ball drop at one o'clock for them to be able to coordinate their time. So that way they could accurately 
time when to pull in and out of port in different locations. Um, so that they in the fifth that started in the 1500s, I believe it was in the 1800s they moved to the the uh, one o'clock gun, and it still happens to today at exactly one o'clock that gun fires off. Its purpose is no longer the same because of digital clocks and, and advancements in our society, but it still acts as a way for ships uh, ships out at sea to be able to coordinate time periods. Quite the experience. 100% suggest you get to experience it if you do. Um, actually, I might have a... Let's look on, on Instagram. I might have a um, a video on my Instagram of this happening. Um, dum dum dum. Oh, I do. Let's uh, let's let me put up that video so you could uh, so you can understand what it is I'm talking about. And as you could hear there, uh, it's it is not uh, the best audio that's associated with it, and there's a bunch of wind, and anyway, and you can hear people in the background. But I'm I'm like a hundred feet from where this cannon is and where the employee is that sets it off every day. Anyway, um, quite the experience at this location. It's things like this why I decided that I want to dedicate an entire episode to what it is that I experienced while I was there. Um, I, I went from there and, and went on and, and did all of the things that I wanted to do, which was basically go try a bunch of different beer, go try local foods, um, go and experience the, uh, the different things that they have. I told you I was on the Royal Mile, uh, but not necessarily uh, the, I didn't spend all of my time there. There's a street called, the, called Rose Street, that I went down to, I went to a pub down there and had some some local pub food kind of situation. Um, got to experience what it was often. I mean, my this is all still like heavy shopping and in touristy areas, so it's not like I went out and got into only uh, you know like the townsfolk kind of thing. Uh, but quite the experience. Uh, I mean, truly quite the experience. The last thing that I had happened to me that's even like remotely noteworthy. Um, I just, I was, I was told, well, I was told, um, I researched like, Hey, what are some things that you really should try that are truly Scottish? Um, and excuse me if I say this wrong, I had, uh, I had Kranichen and it is, uh, it is whipped cream, Scottish raspberries and Scottish oats into basically a mug. Um, those raspberries were as sweet and as tart as I've ever had. It was an incredibly sweet dish, but it was very good. Highly recommend it if you like desserts. And then I was also told like, hey, you gotta get some, uh, you gotta get some fries with cheese on them. I guess the Scots really like that. That's one of their like favorite pub type of foods. I was like, okay, so I went to, went to go do it. Well, um, mind you, I didn't, this is like, I'm going to have it for dinner time frame. And this is my, you know, the second day. Uh, I went on to Uber Eats and I ordered food from what I thought was one location. I placed the order. Um, I ended up walking to that location. It was dark out at this point. Um, and I get to this location and this gentleman does not speak English. I'm not kidding you. The gentleman that I'm speaking to does not speak English. A lick. And he tells me, uh no 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 and he just like points outside i'm like oh and i show him my phone he goes no no and then points down the road and i'm like what the fuck um i i ordered pickup but uber eats at that point told me that i had to be there 
which I didn't even know where the fuck I was. That's the whole reason that I walked there in the first place. Ended up being the place that I ordered from was like, I don't know, three and a half miles away from where I was at that point. So I ended up having to take an Uber to the location to be able to pick up my food that an Uber driver was supposed to pick up, but they refused to pick up that I had to pick up. Oh, gosh. I will tell you, the food itself was not worth the trip. The conversations that I got to have with the Uber drivers was worth the trip. At one point, I was standing outside waiting for my Uber, and I'm not positive on this, but there is uh, there was a young lady that was maybe 100 feet away from me who I think was trying to call me over. Um, at one Prior to my Uber driver getting there, at one point somebody pulled up on a bike and put their bike there, and then they walked behind the bush. I don't know what it was they were doing. I can only imagine at that point, but I can assure you I was not interested in that, whatever it was. Uh, I was trying to experience local culture, but that's not the local culture I'm trying to get into. You feel me? <laughs> uh, anyway, gosh, what an experience. Um, the train ride back afterwards the next day, uh, very similar to my train ride up. There's you got to you got to see lots of different things. Oh, one thing that um, I didn't highlight: the Uber driver that I took that night. He told he is born and raised in Edinburgh. He told me, if you come back here, you need three or four days to explore all of Scotland that you want to go see. Mind you, the aisles you can't you can't take public transportation to. Um, you can you can take boats over there, um, and he said in most of the highlands at this point, which is March, early March, are not accessible because of weather reasons. Uh, but once like during during the summer time frame, you can access them or access them, but you need your own vehicle to be able to do that. So something to consider in that sense. Really good information to have. Uh, but three or four days, which was like, oh, you get to go experience all the different locations that are in Scotland. Yay. I would love to do that, and that's something I hope to be able to do in the future. Um, yeah, that that whole experience was truly amazing. Uh, highly recommend if you decide to go to the UK, please experience London for all it's worth, but take some time go up to Scotland. It's one of the better situations and one of the better things that I got to do. Um, it somebody asked me uh, like halfway through my trip, what's been the highlight of of your trip so far? And I could certainly tell you my time in Scotland was the best thing that I did. Now, I hadn't I hadn't got to experience Spurs winning at that point in person, so I was kind of, it was kind of a bitter taste in my mouth from their from their poor performance in the Champions League midweek. Anyway, I still feel one hundred percent that I would if I went back for ten days, I would spend less time in London and more time in Scotland, or more time in in France, or more time in Spain, or wherever. I just I want to travel. I want to do all of that, and, and that was a great experience. It was very fulfilling from the standpoint of trying to uh, scratch that itch that is travel. <laughs> all right, I um, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. Hopefully that I I explained this well enough that you're able to grasp what it is that I was saying. I apologize about that, the period and kind of near the beginning where I was stumbling and uh, I was trying to recall upon a, a picture that I took and I couldn't find it. So my thought process was a little bit different. Uh, please, please, please feel free to share this with your friends, your family, whomever it is that you may know. I know that this has already happened and I appreciate those of you that have. Please continue to do so. Um, the growth of this is something that I'm looking forward to. I want to be more consistent in doing that. I'm doing less gaming and more experience and, and more opinion-based. Uh, I think that's kind of the direction I want to go anyway. Um, the gaming scene is the gaming scene. It's not everything. Uh, it's kind of stale anyway. Um, not to say that we won't ever do it, but we will. Uh, we'll touch on on those points, and then I want to focus on on life in general and kind of explaining the things that I get to experience. I appreciate you guys. You can find me on all my socials, which I will put in the show links that's associated with this: Instagram, Twitter, uh, Discord, 
um, Twitch, uh, the name is all the same. That is uh, K-L-A-M-M-A-T-H underscore. You can find me there, and that's that's the, the rest of them. Um, feel free to reach out. Like I said before, I'm still looking for people that would like to come on the show and talk about their experiences. I can ask you a bunch of questions. We can uh, banter back and forth. Um, just kind of kind of do it real in that sense. So if you're interested, please, 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 please reach out to me. You can find me on whatever platform it is, and and uh, let's talk about it. Um, we're gonna we're gonna send it off this way. Uh, I appreciate the fact that you guys have been here with me for this time. Don't forget like, subscribe, um, comment, rate, share on all your favorite listening platforms. This one obviously this is put out on Podbean, but you can find it on Spotify. You can find it on Apple iTunes Music, uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, you know all these different locations. So feel free. Send it, send it out on your favorite location. Let me know what you think. I appreciate you. I want you guys to have a great day and a great week, and I'll see you the next time. Later. Thanks for listening to Native Notion. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, keep up with Klamath by following him on Twitch, Hover, and Twitter. All links are in the show notes. Until next time.